problem is while you're fully covered, you haven't really paid for the insurance that you have in place. And so that's the other major dial that's moving is carriers are going away from blanket coverage. That has been a steal of a deal for us in the multifamily space for quite a while. Now we're going building by building and we're saying, I'm not going to give you, you know, a per foot number that will cover your entire property and you can move it where you need to. You have to actually cover your entire, your entire complex. And so we're going to take building by building, literally square foot by square foot, and we're going to negotiate your replacement cost per foot based on that. So now that $10 million property has to actually have $10 million in coverage because I have coverage tied to a specific building and buildings on my property. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you wanna become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're gonna learn a ton. You will learn from real life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're gonna share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. We are super excited, as always, to bring you some additional educational information for investing, for financial freedom, for multifamily, commercial real estate. And we are pleased to provide you with some bonus episodes. So if you've been following our show, there are 186, I don't know, 187 something shows that we've been able to record with some phenomenal guests. And Last year, when COVID was bringing us down at one of the hardest levels for networking and person events, we started a virtual meetup and we were doing weekly Wednesdays. And we did those for, gosh, it felt like a little under a year. And every once in a while, we would have some really solid guests deliver some really great information. It was just for our meetup attendees. And we are finally going to publish those. So we're excited to put them out, some unreleased, unpublished, some versions of our meetup. So I just wanted to provide you a heads up. These are going to be the next few bonus episodes, push them out and get some information, additional education out to you all. So hopefully you enjoy. We trust that you you all are liking or sending reviews, written reviews to our podcast. The number of positive ratings continues to grow. So we appreciate your listening, your support, your social support as well on Facebook and LinkedIn and all the different places that we push to. So an Instagram. So thank you very much for everything. And I hope you enjoy the next several episodes. Michael Payne. Thanks for joining, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to bring Michael on, like I said, because of, you know, some insurance you know, differences, changes, underwriting. I don't know if it's COVID or what, but Michael, why don't you just tell us who you are, what you do on a daily basis? Sure. And that, that might give us a good idea of jumping sure. in. So hello, everybody. I think I, I know most of you, at least from my part-time job as 
in Yona Weiss's uh, LinkedIn challenge. <laughs> it seems like it's taken up half my day these days, but it's amazing. The networking's awesome. Yeah, so uh, I've been in multifamily for approximately a decade, around 10 years. I started as an analyst with Prudential Real Estate Investors, their office in Atlanta, Georgia. I asset, As an analyst, I was an asset manager uh, for multifamily assets held in their largest and oldest core fund. So it was my W-2 job. What I always wanted to do was to break in and, and get in with an institution where I could cut my teeth and learn. So I went through their three-year analyst program. I think at the time, we probably managed around 15,000 units, mostly core, some development, and a little value add, but mostly opportunistic light value add. From there, I was recruited away by a regional developer in Atlanta to help him identify development sites, parcels, underwrite them, get the get our uh, marketing materials put together, and close on the land, and then hand the deal to our construction guy. So I did that for a few years, and that allowed me to start a, start a company where I was consulting for folks, many of them like yourselves, that that are syndicators and sponsors that just wanted another set of eyes on whether it was underwriting or um, as an asset manager, just to to have that that guy on your team. So I built a business that I eventually sold in Atlanta, and that that helped my family to move to uh, Central Texas. We live in a little town called Wimberley, Texas. And my wife my wife grew up there, and if you're from Central Texas, you probably know cool little community, very uh, touristy but laid back. And I went to work for Casoro, which is a value add sponsor here. They have about six thousand units, all in Texas. Great group of, of folks, really smart folks running that platform. I took the lead as the asset management, uh, vice president of asset management, and, uh, and ran that program for a couple of years and honestly had no intention <laughs> to ever get into insurance. But I'd always been an insurance and, and tax-focused leaning asset manager. And I inherited Pathfinder as the company that, that was our broker and uh, advisor. And, and to be quite frank, I pitched them before I joined them, so I can say this with a straight face. They're the best third party I've ever I'd ever worked with, even at Prudential, where you know you've got heavy hitters as third party as third party partners. And so slowly, we I started talking with Jason Hall. Many of you probably know Jason. He's been in the habitational insurance space for about uh, 15 years. We started talking about an idea of me coming over, deep into the focus in multifamily insurance advisory. Right, so I'm an asset manager, and I'll always be an asset manager in my own mind that helps folks like yourselves navigate what is uh, a very difficult market right now. So that's what I do on a daily basis. I actually moved over and partnered with Jason during COVID in July. So earlier, uh, July 10th, I was still an asset manager. On July 20th, I was licensed insurance producer. So yeah, so uh, Abel knows. Abel and I are, I believe, closing a deal any minute now. Today. <laughs> I believe so. It's probably already so, closed. Uh, my- I just uh, I haven't checked my... My email, I'm looking at these text messages. It would, it's, it's probably closed. Yeah, yeah. So so I actually, like I said, I, I never would have thought that this would have been my career path, but it, it scratches a lot of itches for me, honestly. I love multifamily. I can talk multifamily all day, and I quite frankly do. But it also allows me to, to focus on one particular aspect of a very complex and help folks and, and had have, have been in their chair before and know what it means when insurance comes in 20 or 30% higher than what you budgeted. And now you've got, you know, reduced loan proceeds and a lot of hurdles that you didn't want to have to navigate in the 11th hour that you have to navigate. So yeah, it's been absolutely awesome. And we're getting deals done daily. I think we do things a little different and not to sales pitch the group, but I just see, I see 
insurance coverage from a different perspective. So I like to get involved as early as possible, literally pre-LOI, so that we don't have those surprises, you know, later when we're ready to close. And then also throughout the whole period, you know, talking with you about where you should set your accruals for the next year, six months out, and then nine months out as we get closer to it. So, you know, my goal is to is to be the guy that I would have wanted, you know, right, to have as, a, as an insurance uh, advisor when I'm sitting in the owner and asset manager chair. Right on. So, yeah. So what in the world's happening with insurance right now? Yeah, yeah, please. So, well, uh, yeah. uh, just to frame a little bit. So that's why I wanted Michael on. has a lot of experience, you know, underwriting asset management and looking at it, not just from the insurance side, but now it delivers a, a great product. And then uh, he mentioned we're closing a deal today. And, you know, we're, I'm looking at an under, my in my opinion, conservative underwriting from last year, $300, jumping the per unit cost of 450 and then something closes today with 600 plus per door in insurance costs. So if your yeah. under, <laughs> underwriting does not include that today and you have LOIs out there, I would say you need to pause for a moment. So timely, yeah. Michael, what, give us some insight on this huge jump. Yep. So insurance rates are going up. Uh, <laughs> You're like, boom, right, what else? You <laughs> what else, man? Uh, so, right. So, uh, so here's why, right? And it's just, it's unfortunate that, and I guess it always happens this way, right? So, so there's a reckoning happening in habitational insurance that's unfortunately happening at the same time that rents and occupancies and more importantly, collections are a little soft, right? If, if all boats were rising and it was three or four years ago, it would be more easily absorbed than it is today. So what's happened is, I mean, you guys read the same things I do, right? The natural disasters that are occurring across the country are at unprecedented levels. For the last three or four years, carriers have been unprofitable and they are in the business to make money and they are going to make money one way or the other. And so you've got a couple things, couple, couple major dials that are moving. One is literally the cost of the rate that you're paying for your coverage is going up. That alone is moving the needle. The other thing that, that's really interesting is, I guess, you know, three, four, uh, 10 years ago, if you guys are familiar with what the difference between blanket coverage and specified coverage is, we were all getting, you know, me as an asset manager and everyone that was involved in, in, in purchasing insurance for, and I'm talking garden style, multifamily specifically product, we're all purchasing blanket insurance, right? So simple example, $10 million replacement cost, you've got 10 buildings right? And you're not in a coastal area. Let's say you're in Dallas, Texas, because that's the hot zone right now. What are the odds that you're going to be leveled? Your property will actually be leveled and you will have to come, you will need $10 million worth of replacement costs to rebuild your property. Probably not likely. And so we're all really good at negotiating, right? It's what we do every day, all day. And so we successfully negotiate down our coverage from say $10 million to $8 million, right? But it's blanket. So I can deploy that eight million across my property wherever I want. If I have a, if I have two buildings that go down, I've got eight million dollars that it can, that can move over and cover that. If it's if a hailstorm happens and it's a million in coverage, I've got that eight million. Problem is, while you're fully covered, you haven't really paid for the insurance that you have in place. And so that's the other major dial that's moving is. Carriers are going away from blanket coverage. That has been a steal of a deal for us in the multifamily space for quite a while. Now we're going building by building, and we're saying, I'm not going to give you, you know, a per foot number that will cover your entire property, and you can move it where you need to. You have to actually cover your entire, your entire complex. 
And so we're going to take building by building, literally square foot by square foot, and we're going to negotiate your replacement cost per foot based on that. So now that $10 million property has to actually have $10 million in coverage because I have coverage tied to a specific building and buildings on my property. So those are the two dials that are moving. Not only is insurance getting more expensive, but you're also having to purchase more coverage. That's, you know, it, it can get much more complicated than that with, with carriers that are putting in exclusions that maybe we didn't see before or not providing some coverages in cases, yeah. equipment breakdown or ordinance and law extended coverages, that kind of thing to help, again, they're trying to get back to profitability. And, and what we've seen is, and what we're experiencing right now, Abel, you're instantly familiar with this deal we had, is there are less carriers that are actually policies for multifamily than there were a year ago or two years ago. So now, not only do you have more, it's more expensive for more coverage, but there are less carriers and now they can be choosing, right? And so that's the, that is when I say there's a reckoning happening. Yeah, it, it, that's the, those are the major moving parts, yeah. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? Then I know you're going to appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're going to show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating. I'm going to give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. Okay. And so, uh, too, Michael, because this is yeah. good. I just wanted a little bit of background and ask yeah. you a couple questions too on it. If I'm underwriting a value add property, 100 units, 1970, you know, C plus, B minus deal, and I'm in a garden, you know, style, and I'm in a primary market you know, not an urban core, crazy area, Texas. So something like us or, you know, what should we expect from these jumps? Give us an idea of like how much we were underwriting and then are we stuck yeah. at 600 bucks a door from now on or what, what's going on? That's tough, man. It's like, you know, it's like what are cap rates for multifamily properties right now? It, it, it's, you have to get more detail. You have to get more detailed than that. It's honestly property by property, but I get where you're going. You know, in Dallas, you're $800 plus, honestly. Yeah. What was yeah. it? Dallas, what was it like two or three months ago? Uh, it, it, it hasn't changed that fast. I'd say last year when I renewed as an asset manager, our policies for, in the Dallas area, we had seen probably 30 to 40% increases. So we were probably coming from, you know, the $450, $500 area, maybe up a hundred bucks or so. And the yeah. problem is now you're getting it again, if not worse. And 2021 won't be better, right? Their carriers are still going to need some some roadway behind them of profitability before you start to see things subside. So this this is good though. Dallas 800 ish per door. Yeah, uh, Dallas. What, here's what else? The Give us a couple of examples. 
<laughs> yeah. The, the, the answer is call me, <laughs> honestly, even if I'm not your guy, even if it's your, you know, your brother-in-law is your insurance guy. I'm happy to, you know, I'm in this industry. I like you guys are. So, you know, you said $700. It was basically 700 on this deal in San Antonio. That's about normal. I mean, if you're brand new, it's probably less. I can probably still maybe in the mid 500. But yeah, gone are the days when it's just throw 250 in the in the model for 350 even those it's just not that way anymore and it's very specific if you have my 450 <laughs> if you have, that's my 450 days about two yeah yeah it's it's going to these increases are going to reposition insurance in your underwriting it, okay. it's just going to change the nature of underwriting period it is all right yeah. cool one or two more other questions and then we'll get to some yeah. networking and in your experience man asset management insurance you know all of the years of thousands I think I heard 6,000 plus units or more, whatever. What, what are some pitfalls that people usually fall into? Not specific to insurance, just I'm looking at buying a property. Give yeah. us a couple of insights that we should, you know, be factoring in when we're acquiring, when we're making offers, et cetera. Oh, man. I can give you a, I can give you a real world example. Asset managing a deal in, in Dallas, Texas. I'm sorry, in Houston, North Houston, back last summer, we as the principals, right, the sponsors of the deal were uh, able to secure $75 a foot coverage, replacement cost coverage. Like I just said, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't blanket, it was specified. And so we had a business decision to make. Do we take that coverage knowing that you cannot rebuild a property, a building for $75 a foot in 2019 is when it happened. We did, we took it, right? Because we're sensitive to distributions and, and valuations, quite frankly, right? You're getting cap out every dollar costs you 20 on your expense side. So we took it and lightning struck building on July 8, 2019 in this property in Houston. And we're under literal lightning struck, literally lightning literal struck lightning unit strike. eight. Okay. <laughs> literally lightning hit a unit in a, in an eight unit building on this property. And we had, you know, we rolled the dice, quite frankly, you know, we've made a business decision internally talking yeah. to the ownership group. Yeah. You know, what are the chances that that's going to happen? And so, you know, you're then you're stuck with, and, and actually we were going to sell this building or sell this property, excuse me, that jammed up completely, right? It's, I had transacted when, when a building was, was not habitational, I guess. That's very complicated. And you get, you run into situations where depreciation can't be a, to a buyer. It's just carriers aren't going to do it. And so it, it changed the business plan, quite frankly. And so pitfall, I would say that when you look at the number that myself or a competitor gives you, be very, be very intentional about looking at the rate you're paying, but also the amount of coverage per square foot that you have, right? There are plenty of carriers out there who, who you know, one may get by them and they may give you a $75 or less replacement cost valuation. Do you really want it? I, would, I learned the hard way and you don't. Uh, you negotiate rate. Don't negotiate coverage per foot. Got it. Okay, cool. How about your take real quick? You see a ton of property. I mm-hmm. mean, all over the board, right? I'm, I'm sure you see, you know, you hear what's going on, whisper price, what got sold, what got traded. You obviously still seem, sound very bullish on multifamily. What are the goodness things you're seeing, that, you know, areas of goodness for us as investors in multifamily? You know, reassure us here on the good I things. I love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Insurance is a small part, right? That's uh, you know what? And I just posted my, my lead, my Yona Weiss challenge post today was about 
I've always, uh, for the last, I don't know, five or six years, I thought that value add multifamily deals, will you'll start to see service-based resident enrichment value add, right? Programs and after-school programs. And as an insurance guy, I hate to say it, but even daycare facilities that are subleased out. I think that we're entering an interesting time where you can get a similar return on your investment, on your value-add dollars, if you focus on enriching the residents' lives, right, rather than just putting in new refresher materials into a, into a property. Turner Impact Capital, I'm in love with them. I think that they figured out an interesting way to do things, and I just love watching their, their success as they, their business model enables interesting. I think they have like a 10 or 20% turnover, like in their property, not 50%, mm-hmm. 10 or 20%. If you can manage that, then what does that do to your your expenses? How many leasing agents do you need if you're only turning over 10 units out of a 100-unit property every year? Yeah. So I'm very bullish. I think that if your investors' expectations are set appropriately, you know, the sky's the limit on multifamily. Right on. Well, you heard it here. <laughs> hey, so this has been great for everyone. At this point, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna let Michael kind of close this out, give us some contact information, but Michael. Tell us the best way. Yep. You me- I think you mentioned one of them, like LOI, pre-LOI is kind of where you like to get engaged, but just really tactical. How should I engage you and, and sure. any etiquette around this process and et cetera? Yeah. And, and again, I think this just comes from my background is, is I'm not going to hard sell anyone who reaches out to me again. I get it. I was the guy that ignored phone calls all the time from vendors. So I totally understand. Yeah. So engage me as early as possible. You're not gonna you're not gonna wear the tread off my tires if we have to if we look at 20 or 30 deals together. I get it; it's a numbers game, and one of them hopefully gets through, right? And, and you close on one deal. But the last thing I would want is is for you to be surprised with an insurance uh, issue at the last minute. So you know, while I don't need to look at every deal that you consider, if you get ready to truly submit an LOI, I would love to be able to give you a, a, what we call a budget figure, which is a very early indication of where we believe at close premium should be. Right. And then along the way, we touch point, touch base probably weekly. Um, and then as we get really close and we actually start getting quotes in, then we provide a formal comparison chart so that we, we can walk together through the options, right? Because every carrier is going to have some different little tweak or personality within their offer that may or may not meet Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, whatever your private lender are requirements. So yeah, as early as possible. And we have a formal, we have a formal process that we go through. But the communication is not. It can be very informal. Uh, text is, is fine, quite frankly. Right on. This has been good. Anybody have a, qu- a quick question? Not a detailed, my specific property, and I was hoping you could help me in this tertiary market and how much does it cost, but any general question. You can save those specific ones for Michael offline. I have a, I have a general question, Abel. With, with all this COVID stuff, a lot more people are staying at home. You see uh, either an asset manager or an insurance side those costs going up because more people are staying at home, either working at home, schooling at home. Is that more risk for the landlord uh, or is that something he needs to take into account or, or no? That's a good question. I, insurance wise, I, we haven't seen an uptick in claims necessarily. You would think fire, right? would be probably one of the first ones. Yeah, it's a good, good point. I don't think so. I don't think Lorraine, I'm sorry, Lorraine is sitting here as well. And we haven't seen any uptick in claims so far. I wouldn't think. No, COVID, you know, COVID's been interesting. 
definitely asset management wise, I could talk about it all day. I won't, I'll spare you all. But but insurance wise, we haven't really seen it. As you would think we would have, but but no, so far it's been it's been you know steady as she goes. Any other high, high level general questions, not specific? All right. You guys can reach out to Michael. I'm sure he'd love to hear from as many people as possible. And uh, maybe not all at the same time, but uh, yes. Thanks, man, for your, I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast, give us a five-star rating, and most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked, tell us your favorite guests, give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.